Have you ever heard this saying, um, men make plans and God laughs? Have you ever heard that? Is that news to you? Um, it's news to you. <laughs> well, if you hear that and you start to think that human beings make their plans and God just laughs, is that a scary thought to you that your plans might not make it through the mix, that you might not end up doing the things that you're planning on doing, that God might interrupt those plans? Is that a scary thing? Is that a true thing to you? Is that news? I'm getting nothing. Nothing. It doesn't, it, it, it's just a drop in the bucket and it doesn't bother you a bit to have your plans interrupted. <laughs> okay. It bothers me. <laughs> so um, as we come into the Christmas time of year, I want to make sure that we, that we recognize this, that, that on the first Sunday of Advent, I, I spoke specifically about how Mary came, um, came to meet an angel and, she, and the angel started off with, don't be afraid. And she essentially responds, I don't get it. I don't get how this is going to happen, but whatever you say, let it be. And last week we talked about Zechariah. I did them a little out of order there, but Zechariah comes and the angel comes to him and says, don't be afraid. The pr- your prayers have been answered. And he basically says, can you prove it? How, how will I know it? And so he gets to be silent for six to eight months, nine months. As, as he thinks about that. And today, we have Joseph's text. And so I want to do this again. So if we take them in, in the biblical order, Zechariah, don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. To Mary, don't be afraid. What you think is impossible is possible with God. And then just before today, um, just before the the... The Joseph text, he, you get the angels and the shepherds, and they say, don't be afraid. A Savior is born to you. And so I want to read the text today. This is from the next one. This is Joseph. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now, betrothed is a technical term in the ancient world. It means Past engagement, you've been entered into a contract that the marriage is going to happen and the husband or the man man at this point is preparing the room and getting it ready. But they're not married. Mary had been betrothed to Joseph and before they came together, she was found to be with the child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man or a righteous man, was unwilling to put her to shame and resolved to do divorce quietly. Now, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about this, that, that he had some rights here, that because the betrothal had been broken, he could have pulled her into the public square, essentially, and had her shamed for breaking the contract of the betrothal. But he didn't want to do that, and he was struggling. Just... We'll make sure we understand that he had some rights here, but he was a righteous man, and and righteous means we want to be in right relationship. And he wanted to continue to not, he didn't want to destroy Mary or her child. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in his dream, saying, Joseph, son of Mary, or son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, 
for she has conceived a baby in her by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Actually, what Jesus means name-wise is Jehovah will save, or God to the rescue. So his name means he will save his people from their sins. Now, there were other children, essentially, with this name. If you hear it, Yeshua, in the original language, it's very close to Joshua, which is the same thing. It means the same thing. Yahweh saves or Jehovah saves. But all those other kids were named that as sort of a sign that God would someday bring a savior. Jesus, this baby, is not a sign that that baby will come. This is that baby. That is something to remember here. All, those, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had borne a son, and they called him Jesus. That's the text this morning. Well, it's at least part of the text. I'm going to read from another scripture in just a little bit, but I want to get in, back into this spot where we sit a little bit with Joseph for a moment. How many of you sort of have scripted up what will happen in the next year of your life, what you hope to happen? Do you have some things in your script? Do you have it all planned out? you have all your trips and everything? How about your, beyond that? Do you have like a 10-year plan and you're planning for retirement and I'll put this much money away and, and we'll do some vacations? We'll do, do any of you ever do any of that? Oh, yeah, I see some hands going up. Let's sit with Joseph for a moment. This is what one commentator says. He's written a script for his future. Finish the apartment in my father's house. Pay off the wedding bills. Learn to be a faithful husband. All right, these are all good things. Increase the productivity at the shop. So he's going to be a carpenter. How am I going to prove that? Now, I went out to Ted's shop the other day. Have any of you ever seen Ted's woodworking shop? He has an amazing system out there that keeps him from ever running out of materials. So he has a box that he keeps these certain types of screws in, and it has a label. When that box is empty, he switches it for the one, and that automatically gets him ready to order the next box. And so his system is set up so that he never has to wait for FedEx or anything like that for materials. I also went in there the other day. He's doing some cabinet work. There was 10-foot pieces of oak, one inch thick, 12 inches wide. Some of the most beautiful wood you've ever seen. But anyway, the list goes on. Increase the productivity of the shop. Obtain better lumber from Lebanon. See, I was on topic, not just given a thing. Save for the children's education. Accept an invitation to be an elder in the synagogue. Just be ready to be, right? This is our list. But right in the middle of that list, if you're, if you're Joseph and you're getting ready to be married in that series, and then suddenly... The baby is in the mix. She's pregnant. What happens to your list in a community where you have the right to break the engagement, but you don't, and people start talking behind your list? Do you think the invitation to be an elder in the synagogue will come? 
No, even in our world, people keep talking, right? You just can't ever seem to get forgiven for the things you did 20 years ago because, you know, somebody will come back and do that. I just want you to hear this. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Right in that context. Right in the context of all the things that I'm, I thought were going to happen are kind of up in the air because... There's a baby involved. Now, this is not the same situation with Zechariah and Elizabeth where they'd been praying for a baby for years and years and years and years and years and years and and no baby, and suddenly God interrupts that plan with a baby. That's not the baby we've been waiting for for years and we just can't wait. This is the baby where, well, we probably would have liked to wait just a little bit so we could get our feet underneath us financially. Spot. Or I want, I, I, I need it to happen in a certain order for standing in the community. But Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And it happens in a dream. I want to make sure that we hear this in that setting. Um, Have you ever wondered whether your prayers are heard? If you just pray, sort of like Zechariah and Elizabeth, you've been praying and praying and praying, and there's been no answer. And so don't be afraid your prayers have been heard. Or to Mary, don't be afraid what you thought was impossible can happen. To the shepherds, don't be afraid. The Savior has included you. Now, the reason I say that for the shepherds is, is we have romanticized Jesus as, or David as a shepherd, but by the time Jesus was born, the shepherds couldn't really do the holiness and the purity law stuff, and they were starting to be the dirty people that lived out in the hills, and you really wouldn't want to be near them. They're paid to do the work that means they can't be ritually pure. And if you can't be ritually pure, pretty soon you might as well be a Samaritan. And so the angels come to the shepherds and say, unto you, on the edges of the society, unto you a Savior is born. Not just to the rich people in town, but unto you. Don't be afraid. You're included in this Savior business. And then to Joseph, don't be afraid. The plans that you have had that are so interrupted and that, and that, and that, that sort of worried pit hole in your stomach when things aren't going right and you're wondering what you should do, don't be afraid. This is of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to take Mary. Don't be afraid to set your plans aside because I'm going to guide you. In Psalm 23, I mean, we all know Psalm 23, don't we? Do you know what, how, how it actually should be read? It starts off with this way. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my guide. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let me just read that again. He, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then the famous line, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why can you walk through that dark valley and not be afraid? Because God will lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I say this because we've been talking about it in, in, in the early prophecy about Jesus coming, the people in the land of Naphtali and Zebulun out in the place to be known as Galilee will see a great light. They who sit in dark darkness. So it's natural here to bring in um, Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of death, which in Hebrew is the dark, dark valley. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But before that, you have guidance. Even if you have all your plans all made up and they're not going to happen, God can still guide you. Now, how does God guide you, guide you and us and Joseph in these days? Now, Joseph, he uses dreams, but he can guide you through his word. Have you ever noticed that? You've been wondering something and you read and you're reading and you're in there and you go, oh, you know, I probably should do it God's way instead of the way I was thinking about. That'll work out better. That's how guidance from the word of God happens. There's time of prayer where suddenly new ideas come into your head. That actually is God talking to you. Sometimes it's silence in prayer though, right? You feel like the heavens are brass and, and your prayers just sort of bounce off them and they don't get there. But that's where the, the angel to Zechariah comes into. Don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. But it can't happen now. Everything's gone wrong. It's not the way I scripted my life. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, Joseph. Don't be afraid to set your plans aside. Don't be afraid. I am with you. I will lead you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. Now, you might say, well, that's great. Take Mary as your wife. But are you aware that Joseph gets multiple dreams. And even though we don't hear Joseph talking in the story, it's very interesting. Joseph never actually is the one speaking. You're just told the story. He had these dreams. But he gets a dream saying, don't be afraid to take Mary. And then later in Matthew, he gets a dream that says, it's time to get moving. Something bad's coming your way. It's time for you to be in a different spot. And then when they're down in Egypt, safe from Herod's, Herod's purge of the infants in Bethlehem, it says, oh, by the way, the purge is over. You can go back now in a dream. That's a lot of direction, isn't it? He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's guidance from God. He's actually Emmanuel, God with us. But the direction to come back from Egypt isn't just sort of non-specific, go back to Israel. It's go back to Israel, but not to Judea. Go to Galilee. Go away. Go to Nazareth. So go to a safe place. That's really specific direction from God in a dream. 
And of course, we have the dreams here in the story, but Joseph's not speaking. Now, I just want to make sure you hear that, that Joseph would have had to have told somebody he had a dream at some point for us to have record of it. But this is not a fairy tale life. This is not something that just happened way back then and it doesn't happen now. If you've had a dream or guidance from God, then you need to pay attention to that. Don't be afraid. He will lead you in paths of righteousness. Not not just because you're his person, but it's also for his reputation. You're his person. He wants to guide you. He wants to be involved in your life. This is a lot of involvement if you will do this. So I want to make sure that I'm being timely here in my stuff, but I want to go back through this in the don't be afraid. Four times angels appear in the story and they say, The first thing, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's something for us to think about because our plans, we make them and God laughs. Because we've made plans without interacting with God very well and so sometimes our plans are not going to happen because they're not what's going to happen. Their hopes and dreams. But don't be afraid your prayers have been answered. Don't be afraid what you think is impossible, the impossible situation you're in can have a good ending. Don't be afraid the Savior who's coming includes you. And don't be afraid this this uncomfortable situation you're in is God at work. That's really the message of Joseph. Don't be afraid this uncomfortable spot you're in could actually be part of Christ being formed in your life, that Christ and the Holy Spirit are in charge and guiding you. Don't be afraid. God's got your back. That's what it means, Emmanuel. God with us. That he's got you. You're with him. He's got you. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be made afraid by the uncomfortable situation in your life. You don't need to be afraid. You need to listen to God and let him lead you. I need to listen to God and let him lead me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Will you join me in prayer? This prayer is an is a older prayer, and so I'm just going to pray it through, and you can just let, let me pray, pray it over you if you wish. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who speaks. In the beginning, in the midst of formless emptiness, you spoke into the darkness and created a world of wonders. In the fullness of time, in the midst of our sin and brokenness, you spoke into that darkness and Jesus was born into the world. And in the present, in the midst of our muddled confusion, you speak again into our lives and lead us into paths of righteousness. May my ears, may our ears be attentive to your voice today. And may we recognize and obey the guidance you do provide. 
Amen.